Back up, please. Hello and welcome to the 18th episode of Busy Nation Dando Takko Rokdo. I am Abhishek and I have my co-host Ritika with me. Hi everyone. I've got a question for you to start with. Okay. What is so special about Richard Branson's Virgin Atlantic Boeing 747 which had only 5 people on board and it took off in the sky a couple of Sundays ago? Well, it was the first commercial jet which used biofuel as a fuel rather than using a general fuel. That's right. Just one engine out of the four of them was on the experimental fuel that is a biofuel hmm. and the other three burned standard uh, jet fuel. Yes, uh, coming back to what biofuels and what is the differentiation factor when compared to a normal fuel, then in a biofuel instead of petroleum you use substitutes of plant matter like corn or sugarcane but you know if all the four engines were to be loaded with uh, biofuels mm-hmm. then dozens of acres of crop will have to be utilized to fly one plane you know the the equivalent so that's why uh, it still is a very experimental substitute as yet and another factor which is very important is that last year almost one fourth of uh, 2007s us corn crops was turned into biofuels was turned into fuels so what happened it sent the crop prices soaring the farmers started shifting their produce from wheat and maize to corn which sent wheat and maize crop prices soaring because there was less of that produced so it has the other side to it which was not uh, anticipated to the magnitude that which is happening today that's right also especially because it is used in us to make ethanol mm-hmm. so it had a lot of impact in mexico because in mexico corn is a staple diet so there was a lot of protest for this usage of corn for making ethanol also there is one more thing that goes against biofuels suppose you are using a land for growing a certain crop and you switch over it to grow one of the crops for biofuel then in that case it seems that the carbon dioxide that is released in the atmosphere due to this activity of switching over to another crop is right. much more than what you will save this is something that is called as carbon debt it's found that in the ethanol corn ethanol that is produced in us has a carbon debt of 93 years that means it will take almost a century hmm. for ethanol to produce those pure uh, greenhouse gases that will compensate for the carbon dioxide it has released for that switching over and there are uh, palm tree biodiesel plants in indonesia malaysia so it seems that this carbon debt that is arised out of these for most of them comes to around 80 to 100 years and how do they set it off I mean sorry since they have the debt the setting off is when you fly the plane or when you use the car whatever emissions that come out mm-hmm. will be lesser maybe say 30% lesser than the normal fuel so that is how you set it off but it mm-hmm. will take 100 years to set off that carbon and what uh, the scientists say is that then you convert uh, let's say a forest land like amazon rainforest which has been converted mm-hmm. for uh, producing soya bean biodiesel then the plants that you are putting have got less capacity to absorb carbon dioxide that the normal plant had hmm. 
so you are decreasing the plants uh, capability of absorbing carbon dioxide and thereby actually harming the environment wow suddenly all of this sounds dangerous yeah biofuel the little things that you're coming up with as this is a problem mm-hmm. that's why the biofuel producers especially to compensate for the food thing that you know people staple diet is uh, being used as uh, a biofuel there is a plant that is called as jatropha i think sometime long mm. back we had covered this in our uh, podcast also mm. this plant called jatropha on which branson is getting big is is grown in non agricultural lands in latin america and this is supposed to be the jet fuel of the future and also scientists are saying that there are waste matters like leftover corn stalks or wood chips or switchgrass such mm. kind of uh, waste matter which can be used as biofuel and then there will be no carbon debt because okay. it is used from the existing plant based matter but there is a lot of research going on in this so it will take some considerable amount of time mm-hmm. until something really concrete comes out of biofuels but one the researchers can be rest assured that they'll not be running short of money because recently branson has pledged up to 3 billion dollars for the next 10 years and uh, including all 100% of the proceeds from virgin airlines and its train companies he'll pool all of that into developing clean fuels and renewable energy hmm. environmental technologies etc and he's also gone ahead and said uh, with a friend of his and you know the friend is who no 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 his <laughs> friends are the likes of al gore the yes. former vice president of the us and they have there is a small panel which is awarding a good 25 million dollars prize money so that uh, they help the community of clean uh, environmentalists to come up with a plan which can help them get to their goal a little faster so lots yeah, of but, money uh, yes but uh, you know when this boeing 747 went on with the biofuels in the mm-hmm. air then there were a whole lot of greenpeace activists a greenpeace <laughs> is a environmental ngo and they protested against this biofuel by saying that this is just wasted of money no matter whatever you do any flight is going to produce uh, carbon dioxide mm-hmm. and is going to harm the environment so the best thing is to reduce flying that is the oh. only option of reducing the carbon dioxide emission and that is to just reduce flying i'm not sure that's the solution <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is not the yes. solution but mm. that is what they believe and on another hand altogether branson believes that it's good to have a dose of biofuels literally as in he he literally drank a sample of his company's coconut oil or that corn made biofuel and uh, he took a tequila shot for the publicity stunt that he is known for <laughs> yes and talking about branson's uh, publicity stunt he has done a great publicity stunts uh, in india too branson's virgin mobile india is coming in in india's telephony market with uh, tata tele services hmm. and as a launch of the virgin mobile he jumped from some i don't know kitne to mala se he jumped <laughs> and he unveiled the logo well you don't need to advertise virgin uh, group of companies at all when the main guy does this and it's in the front pages of all the newspapers the next day <laughs> in fact this is virgin's seventh launch in the country and it's also expected to generate some 250 odd jobs in india mm-hmm. and it has come up with some very unique features 
in its mobile for example whenever you will receive a call on your phone hmm. then uh, you will get 10 paise credit for every minute so oh. even if you receive a call then you will get a credit Those incoming examiner me it was charged and now they are paying you to receive a phone <laughs> yeah, call as well exactly oh. <laughs> cool and they have some features like for every 2 minutes of calls uh, will be charged at a particular price and then all the later calls in the day will be charged at a much lower rate so oh. in a day itself your call charges will be uh, segmented it easily beats the lowest call rate currently in the industry which is from Reliance and Airtel is of uh, 99 paise and rupee one per minute. It's coming with a lot of promise. And in fact, they already have tied up with SR to have their uh, a long time back, I believe, to have their network mm-hmm. of retail outlets in the name of Virgin Mobile, where they sell mm-hmm. no, all brands of mobile phones. That's right, but there is a small hitch in here because the GSM operators, that is, Apna, Ye, Vodafone, Airtel, mm-hmm. and etc. they have uh, gone and complained to the uh, telecom authority in india about virgin's entry because they say that there are some fdi restrictions in telecom and all that mm-hmm. and the brand name that you use should be of tata they mm-hmm. cannot use a brand name of virgin whereas virgin is going to act as a franchisee of tata uh, tele services according to the contract mm-hmm. so being a franchisee it should sell the it should sell its services with the tata brand and not with the virgin brand hmm and i believe i have also read something which i could not understand help me understand this it says that branson he had gone to the authorities and he tried to obtain permission for a mobile virtual network operator license bole to kya hota hai and he could he did not get that apparently from the government yeah he did not get actually virgin mobile is the world's first Uh, mobile virtual network operator uh-huh. their uh, modus operandi is such that they sign contracts with the existing network providers like mm-hmm. the virgin will sign a contract with tata mm-hmm. that it is going to use the uh, network of tata the spectrum band mm-hmm. and it will not buy its own network okay so whatever is the lease money it will uh, pay tata mm-hmm. but since india does not have any such rule governing this kind of scenario so they have not allowed in india and uh, not only will virgin be utilizing that uh, spectrum they'll also be retailing it to other companies so the idea is to buy it in bulk at a lower rate and sell it at a margin to other mobile uh, operators as and when they come along he's betting on more people entering the market to whom he can sell the spectrum right Following the telecom industry merger, uh, we'll move on to the banking industry merger. There has been one of the biggest financial sectors uh, merger in India. Uh, that has been HDFC Bank, which is the third largest bank by market value in India, has acquired the Centurion Bank of Punjab for almost uh, 2.38 billion dollars. Yes, the largest deal that uh, has come from the Indian shores. Uh, HDFC Bank has a brilliant history. By the way, one of our friends works there, so he keeps telling me that they are the only company in the banking sector which earns year-on-year year 30% net profits, which is mm-hmm. way above industry standards. The NPAs, by the way, which is non-performing assets, that is out of mm-hmm. 100 rupees that they lend, only 43 paise are defaulted. And uh, if you put that in perspective, a company like ICICI, a good Four rupees out of those hundred rupees are defaulted, and Sanawi has bad debt. So that's right. Also, uh, this deal is actually an all-share deal. So for the Centurion Bank shareholders, will get 
one HDFC share for every 29 shares of Centurion Bank they hold. Hmm. That's the share swap ratio that they have. Also, if you look back at the uh, history of these two banks, then Centurion has gone through a series of murders. It had merged with Bank of Muscat kind of operations, then Bank of Punjab, then Lord Krishna Bank. And even HDFC had acquired the Times Bank some time back. And they both have got a good name in the industry. So it is not like the past mergers done in the financial sector where you had an oriental bank coming in and taking over Global Trust Bank because it was going bankrupt. Right. Or you had an ICICI bank taking over a Sunli bank. So at that time, it had happened only because of RBI's insistence that stronger banks should come and bail out the weaker ones. Right. And also, they'll have up to 1,100 odd branches and some 1,900 ATMs. That's right. In fact, HDS Bank, after this merger, will become the bank with the highest number of branches in India beating uh, ICICI. Hmm. And in 2004, RBI had laid out a five-year time frame for eliminating restrictions on foreign bank operations hmm. in India. So 2009 is now the deadline after which the foreign banks will be allowed to operate in India. So it was assumed that in this five-year period, there will be a lot of uh, mergers and acquisitions in the financial industry so that they can compete right. with the foreign banks. But it has not happened in the past four years. Uh -huh. This is the first kind of deal and it's expected that most SDAs will follow before 2009. Yep, and because the objective is of all banks or any bank in the world is to increase return on equity. It's profit as a percentage of their capital. Hmm. which is a, as per what we learned in our books, it's the key measure, it's the main measure of a bank's profitability for its shareholders. So if you take a few international examples now, JP Morgan Chase, it's hmm. America's third biggest bank by market capitalization, exactly similar to HDFC Bank now, which is India's third largest bank by market cap. Hmm. And even that company is a product of about 550 banks being merged over time. So right. over time, all these banks have merged or come together so that they form one big entity and compete with the banks, with the likes of Barclays of the world. Right. Moving on from uh, mega mergers to the biggest IPO that the world has ever seen. Uh, once upon a time it was Google, but today it's Visa. Visa uh, plans to raise up to $19 billion by putting half of its company on the share market, on the New York Stock Exchange. And it's going to surpass the highest IPO, which was the AT&T IPO in 2000, which was at that time of $10.6 billion. Mm. And it's going to surpass it by a huge, huge margin. Even if it is going to be valued at its midpoint price, which is like the price band is between 37 and $42. Mm -hmm. So even if it comes around 39 40 even mm -hmm. then it will surpass the biggest one by a huge margin. And you know, many Skeptics, like there are always, like we spoke about in the budget mm -hmm. as well, they said that uh, now there's a big subprime crisis, downturn mm -hmm. in the U.S. economy, etc. So does it make sense for a company like Visa to go for an IPO? Because if it fails miserably, then again, it'll have to buy back its own shares, blah, blah, blah. So apparently, according to a, a trade report, Nielsen report, that's a trade publication, it estimates that by 2011, up to 55% of transactions in America will be cashless. And it's only 40% yeah. today. So a good 15% rise in spite of uh, all the cash crunch that is on today. 
and uh, already an average american household has up to 10 credit cards right. so there will not be any dearth of credit cards which will be swiped over time and uh, this they are following the footsteps of mastercard which had gone for an ipo about a year and a half back that's right and the better thing about a visa or a mastercard is mm-hmm. that these are not the companies that give credit so in the view of crisis like subprime the banks get affected but not companies like visa because visa doesn't loan the money it just processes the transaction its source of revenue is the bank uh-huh. that issues the card or the merchants which uh, have these uh, card swiping machines oh so there's so, the fee they collect that fee on every transaction they, yeah, that they, they get exactly so oh. so even if there is a subprime crisis mm-hmm. they are not much affected i mean people will use credit card less but they will continue to have credit cards if they do not pay back the money it will be the banks like say an ab and amro or hdfc icici that will be affected but not the card company so that's a terrific business model then you don't stand to lose much because for example american express and uh, discover this a uh, a credit card arm of morgan stanley these are the competitors mm. uh, and they are in the same business but as you say they also issue cards and they have to deal with that credit risk of exactly uh, yeah people not paying them back it also has one more big advantage what we call in terms of our uh, marketing uh, job is high barriers to entry mm. the entry barrier in this industry is very high because from so many years visa mastercard american express they have built over their brand and there is a lot of brand uh, awareness and all that so the rivals that will come into industry is like almost negligible you know it all started with a bank manager of bank of america he was passing by a store and he saw that the clerk in that store was making bills worth 50 cents 1 dollar 15 dollar 30 so he thought why can't we have one centralized system where you will not have to make bills all the time you just send a credit card statement at the end of the month so that you can aggregate all bills in one go so then slowly and steadily all banks started accepting the visa card because it has to be acknowledged right if it has to work in all right. the small mom and pop shops so over 11 years this got accepted and like you say the the barriers to entry today are that much more difficult because it takes a lot of time to get that credibility out and also because mastercard has had a very good run in its ipo and today it is uh, Price has risen by 500 percent than what it was when the IPO of Mastercard had come. So that's one more thing that is luring investors. That Visa will also hopefully follow the same path. Hmm. And Visa will follow that path with the ticker symbol V. But the ticker symbol is that acronym which defines what company lists. For example, INFI Infi is Infosys on Nasdaq. KO is Coke on Nasdaq. So these guys are saying we want V on the New York Stock Exchange. Mm, that's right. One of the biggest gainers will be JP Morgan Chase, which holds 23% in Visa currently. Also, Citigroup and Bank of America are other uh, stockholders of Visa, which uh, stand to gain. Hmm. So that's about it for uh, this week. And before we go, uh, we have interesting tidbit to share with our listeners, and that's regarding a charity site, which is. freerice.com it's f r e e r i c e.com and uh, it's a very interesting site i just chanced upon it while i was surfing it takes a vocabulary test and every time you give a right answer you donate 10 grains of rice 
to charity and so like for example if you give uh, 10 right answers then you donate 100 grains of rice to charity and this charity is used in funding the united nations uh, world food program and it has been used in countries like bangladesh and afghanistan it's a very good pastime and it helps somebody oh you bet i was hooked on to it i donated i think 500 grains so in other words uh, i was asked 50 questions and i had to choose correct answer between the four options and uh, not only that it also pronounces the word which is shown to you on the screen so and, and words are pretty difficult by the way for example one of them was yeah chiromancy i don't know what that means so <laughs> and the level of difficulty adjust according to the way that you have answered the previous answer so in other words if yes. you answer this one wrong then the next question will be easy so that you get that right and possibly you can earn those 10 grains which uh, like they claim will be distributed by the UN World Food Program. Yeah. It's similar to your GRE test. Ha. Huh. It is got the same uh, logic. Also the companies that put up their ad on the site. Mhm. Also the company that advertises on the site is the sponsor for the charity that they do. So in other words, I think between two words the banners change. So I think the the 10 grains that go is from the banner that you see while you are choosing the options. Mm-hmm. So a very very nice uh, little business model if there is one and uh, it's good fun also for all of us who want to uh, well if curious about a couple of new words here and there <laughs> so that's about it from this episode log on to theindicast.com leave your comments there thanks for all those comments on the previous podcast keep listening bye 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 bye